Welcome to the Proactive Podcast, brought to you by Me Media. G'day world, Chris Hogan coming to you from Me Media Studio here at Burley Heads for episode 132 of the Proactive Podcast. And today I have with me Kasha Kondas, who is the founder and director of Mindful Energy, who are basically helping people, performance and change occur in organisations uh, all over Australia. Thanks for joining me, joining me, Kasha. Thank you for having me, Chris. It's awesome to uh, finally be here and do this. Um, yeah, uh, just a bit of background, if, if you like. Uh, you know, I um, started in this sort of field, uh, yeah, I guess pretty much as a graduate, you know, in Perth, where I'm from, where I grew up. And, uh, and I, the reason I fell into this field, actually, is because I was uh, involved in sport quite heavily, competitive sport. So I was interested in sports psychology um, and then realised, you know, there's not that many opportunities for a graduate as a sports psych. So let me do something aligned to that, similar to that. And that was organisational psychology. And that's how I fell into this field that I'm in currently. And uh, Mindful Energy, yes, is, is my business that I founded five, six years ago now, um, consulting in that space of people, performance, change and culture with organisations around Australia, yeah, as you said, yeah. yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah. Great. Yeah, so sport's definitely a great foundation because there's so much, I guess, definitely performance, but also change that needs to occur for for, for athletes and individuals in and around, uh, I guess, m- managing their motivation, potential injuries they might have. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and culture is a big one too right now. You might oh. hear on the news the issues that are currently. So yes, even in that context, and you know, as org sites, we work at three levels: um, the culture of the whole organisation, the team and its performance, and then the leader. So it's sort of at the three onion levels, if you like, which yeah. is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. If you will like, you do have your sunnies on oh, your head. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So I guess. The reason why I guess we we engaged, you know, from the first time we met, is because Me Media has uh, a place in the whole you know, development of culture in workplaces as well. And sometimes this is often when we get involved with a with a client, it's the first time they've even looked at this, you know. So uh, while that statement "culture is strategy" uh, has been around for you know decades. It's still playing out in workplaces and organisations and it is becoming a really big deal. And like you said, there's news articles out now around sporting organisations mm. that really need to improve their culture. So when mm. we get involved with our clients, it is you know, from a marketing perspective. But really what I've come to find is it doesn't matter what perspective or motivation that drives the leader uh, to improve or change their culture – it doesn't matter where that comes from or, or what their, I guess, their ultimate goal is for, for doing that. It, it just matters that I think that they started. So true. You know, so often people think, oh, culture, you know, who's going to do it? <laughs> is it HR? Is it some external consultant? But actually, it starts at the very top with the leader, with the yep. top leader and the leadership team as a whole, you know. So we definitely, you know, start and work closely with often actually with marketing slash um, communications agencies in that we partner together in building internal brand first which then should exude and make it easier for the external brand to be communicated and marketed of course Um, yeah but definitely the starting point is leadership at the very top um, and then their leadership team so often we start the work up there um, and then trickle it down and then, part, you know, and then at the same time partnering with external agencies too. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. What, and something you said there is about, you know, internal brand mm. uh, versus external brand. What we've discovered is basically, you know, authenticity is, is super important because if, you, if, if you're not walking the walk and it's just all about talk, then the first people who are going to notice is your internal team, oh. right, is, is your employees, your contractors. And, and so they're going to call you out on it or if they don't want to, you know, have that conflict uh, with the leadership team, then they're just going to walk. And this is the issue right now. One of the key challenges um, businesses are facing is they're losing talent. There's a shortage of talent, as you may know, um, around the country. Um, and that's part of it's, you know, not connecting um, and engaging teams and, and people in a meaningful, purposeful way internally through some sort of internal brand building work that, that one would do. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, retention is becoming a bit of an issue there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, great. Uh, we spoke off camera just earlier about an experience that I had with an engineering client of ours who, who we embarked on this journey to, you know, improve their values or, uh, and improve their purpose of the organisation. And we tapped into a lot of things, especially um, how important mental health was to the mm. organisation. And, you know, through working with them on, on branding and marketing assets, uh, it took around six months for them to actually adjust to the whole idea and the concept of, hey, we need to work on things internally. I don't, mm. I believe they were there from the get-go because otherwise they wouldn't have let us move forward with the marketing side of things. But I think it was that mm. internal uh, resources, who's going to do it, mm. you know, um, that was the, yeah. I guess, the, the barrier for them to move forward. So having someone like yourself um, available to, a, to an organisation like that, how much do they lean on you? What, what is it that you actually do? Yeah, good question. <laughs> we are like the enablers, basically. We don't do it for our organisations. No, no we, one can, right? <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah. uh, th that's right. It's the work of the leadership team. But we work with the leadership team and the broader team in general uh, at a number of levels when it comes to culture, um, you know, from obviously starting from strategy and values and behaviours, but also around systems, processes, even technology to some extent, it all has to line up and align with what you're trying to achieve. So, um, yeah, we, we come in, do an initial assessment, usually a baseline assessment of culture, um, and then look at strategically, okay, where do you want to be? <laughs> What's the gap? And then put in a number of programs and systems and, and processes that help the organisation move towards that. And a lot of it's working with teams and leaders and teams and helping to shape those things together rather than imposing things on people. You're actually getting them to co-create what it is that we're doing mm. and, and then you get a lot more skin in the game and uptake um, and in that change process that you're trying to enact, you know, if that's what it is or bring in those new values. Sure. Mm. So... What what's sort of driving this this uh, change of culture or or you know uh, I think importance placed on culture at the moment? What do you think that is? Um, well, if I look at it at a board level, it's sort of corporate governance aspects mm. for sure. You know, um, it's becoming more and more. I think. Um, you know, I think businesses understand what a bad culture can do to an organisation. So it's a sort of coming from the top end always. Um, but why focus on culture? Well, I guess what, what I've always worked on through culture programs is to improve performance for the business, the team, the individual. I mean, that's the real kind of, um, you know, 
ticket that you, you can get out of, out of doing work on culture, that you can build a high-performance culture, you can build a safe culture, you can build a healthy and, and, and effective culture through working on, on these aspects and these programs to help um, align with your strategy and achieve your business goals quicker, faster, with the right intent and, you know, mindfully, purposefully. Yeah, mm. Mm. yeah it, it is... Um you're absolutely right that that governance is super important and and i'm a member of the aicd and and i refer to them in my book uh just around how i was pleasantly surprised that that a that an organization like the aicd would actually uh go out and create guidelines for governance around culture uh for the board and uh, I was I was really stoked to hear that. I was very passionate about values, purpose, culture, mm-hmm. and uh, and when I heard that, I was I was truly amazed. So, um, yeah, I completely agree with you there. the The performance side of things, it it, it covers so many different aspects, isn't it? <laughs> it's not about. For me, it's not about I guess um, quantity. It's about quality, you know. So, mm-hmm. for example, you know now we're talking about. Well, we've had to deal a lot with, you know, remote working situations. Um, and then, you know, now we're talking about, a lot of people talking about four-day work weeks. So True. having almost mm. less on your plate, enabling you to be less busy and more mindful can help increase productivity as well. So so where are we sitting on that based on your experience? Is, is that becoming popular where people are actually dialing back the amount of, time in the office uh, mm. like for example four-day work weeks uh, remote working must be must be just normal now right um, and then even just I guess strategic thinking time like you know just I guess m- not meetings because that's still not time to think you not know really, is that yeah. so first of all can we go through those? So yep. four-day work weeks, remote working and, and just strategic time out? <coughs> sure. Yeah, look, with the clients I'm working with at the moment, which range from large uh, engineering firms to uh, um, uh, not-for-profits even, um, not so much in government, to be honest, um, but, but, but connected in that way. And definitely seeing, well, everybody right now in Queensland is working from home, uh, quite, quite a number, not everybody, I shouldn't yep. say that, but probably half of the clients I have are currently taking this month and maybe more to work from home. So they're mm-hmm. well and truly set up now because last year we repositioned and we pivoted towards working more this way anyway and it's sort of now quick and easy to switch back and forth as needed. Mm. I haven't seen the four-day week so much yet in my client circles um, but I definitely see kind of more focused times that, that, that are being created um, virtually you know, to, to work on specific um, projects or, or thought processes or innovations that might be uh, on the cards. Um, and what I'm definitely noticing is a lot of retreats, what I call retreats, they're not necessarily physical, but it can be, where they take a half a day or a day out to work on strategy. Yeah. 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 Yep. And that's like dedicated time just to think ahead and forward rather than in the weeds of the day to day. So I'm facilitating a lot of those kind of workshops for clients as well um, for those away days. Yeah. Mm. We're certainly then, seeing it as a normal practice for people to have workshops with us to develop their strategy. Um, half days, full days. Uh, but sometimes it's, you know, you got the blinkers on, you're not sure if that's just you or everybody. So. 
That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Are you finding that they're becoming a little bit more regular, like as in more, um, you know, there, there were t- days when we used to develop five-year strategies. Oh. <laughs> I'm, yeah, finding that, you know, it's, it's an annual, at least at least an annual kind of review that we do uh, with clients. Is that similar to what you're oh, finding? Oh, easily annual. Yeah, yeah easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, last year was was quite a quite an interesting year in that we felt like at the beginning of the year, you know, it was like, hey, Australia, go. We're all good. Mm. We've we got no issues. In fact, we've got so few issues with, with our economy that the, the Federal you know, Reserve Bank of Australia was uh, basically going to uh, up interest rates because we're going you know, to achieve you know, our mm. um, a payment of de- debt off um, mm. you know, earlier than expected okay. and all this sort yeah. of stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, cases rose and more lockdowns occurred and uh, across, you know, multiple states. And, and so we've got a few clients uh, in, in Sydney, so we were working with them. Queensland was, uh, was, relati- was relatively unscathed for most of 2021. So, um, yeah, that pivot in the middle of the year uh, was, was, yeah, there was a lot of time to talk about, okay, what assets are we creating? Uh, for example, you know, we don't know how long we're going to be in this for. Uh, what do we do? Mm. And and so, well, the first thing was, you know, we had 2020 to sort of warm up to this stuff. So uh, we were, and we we're pretty relatively unscathed in 2020, funnily enough. Mm. 2021 was the, the, the hardest year out of the two. Um, go figure. But... Yeah, the the strategy um, didn't so much, I think, change because we had a really sound strategy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was more so, uh, I think, the individual assets inside that or those individual uh, projects inside yep. of that. Some of them got pulled forward. Yes. And, and you know, it was like, oh, we're going to do that, you know, in three months' time, but hang on a minute. No, we need it. We need it sort of this month. Um, and, and my client... Uh, likened this whole process to the american bison and and in basically in in, in times of storms um cattle will run away from the storm Mm. try and outrun the storm horses will often just stand there with their ass into the rain or the storm and just stand there yeah you know with some shelter uh normally but they they and cows will do that when they're out in the open too they'll actually just stand with their bums into the into the um into the rain often but bison do neither of the above they will run headfirst into the storm therefore getting fur- through it quicker interesting mm. <laughs> so mm. so we said we're, we're just like the american bison yes. we're going to head down and <laughs> run through the storm proactively right? kind of yeah and being yep. proactive yep. is your methodology um mm. and and absolutely so we were proactive being saying that okay we're going to come out of this one day what do we want to come out of it with with yeah um mm-hmm. those projects that we mm-hmm. had on the sideline we're going to pull those forward mm. and essentially what then occurred was when we came out, it was like a release of, you know, all of this. I think <laughs> customers pent up energy because we've been just like ear bashing them, Facebook, Instagram, right, email, you yeah. name it, um, and and basically saying, hey, you 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 need this, um, you love this, 
there's ways you can do business with us now or there's right. ways you can do business yeah. with us when we when we come mm. out most people chose the the latter yeah and our client just you know several of our clients just got absolutely into the inundated with work mm. uh, based on all of that preparation that we did exactly and i think you're right it's it's about what they did in the middle of the year or that year so at some point whether mm. there was some op- you know some opportunity and whether they took the opportunity more importantly to pivot or reinvent themselves or take up those new opportunities that that were presenting themselves in the digital space for example uh, and actually being prepared for when you know things uh, uh, well normalize a little (laughs) (laughs) if we can say that even uh, this year so yeah that definitely and some of the work we do is also in terms of change is to do with organizational restructures so redesigning the organizational model and also that organizational structure that sits below that mm. aligned to the strategy and where that strategic direction is going obviously yep. um, so that was what we did a lot of work with last year with clients to uh, position them like you said for this next wave of in next next situation because it's an ongoing thing you know of course and, and yeah. definitely one of the pitfalls for some organizations has been to stay static and not take those opportunities and not reinvent not pivot not you know not do those things um and let alone you know continue to build their leadership capability which is the other piece that's um found to be has has become really come to the fore this year yeah yeah because we're seeing that as as covid hits here as um here in queensland you know a lot of people stepping out needing to step out and there's not enough leadership capability within Mm -hmm. the business to step up Mm -hmm. and lead Mm -hmm. so it's it's a real kind of um quandary that businesses are in those who haven't sort of proactively thought about investing in their people and leadership capability um yeah and that's that's um you know some of the work we're doing currently because actually we've just come across some interesting funding that allows businesses to do this without too much cost and yeah so it's actually a really beautiful little sweet spot right now to uh to uh, do it if you haven't been already um, yeah. and get get that investment happening in that space because that starts with the leader, um, as we say, in terms of culture. I, we all need to work on ourselves. Um, you know, I, I, I take a huge interest in the personal growth of my team. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes, you know, that's to the detriment of my own growth, <laughs> you know. So, so I understand uh, the importance of, you know, investing in my own growth uh, as, as well as the team. And yeah, leadership is absolutely you know a hot topic right now. Um, fish rots from the head is the is the common saying. So, and with these extra stresses that that's sort of been placed upon us, uh, it's so important to you know understand how to uh, just manage your stress levels and and all of that wellness um, stuff. Um, <laughs> not and I'm not underplaying them, but by no. calling stuff. Uh, you know, it's super important, but then you know that that communication, you know, um, leadership in leadership is 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 even more important now. So, especially when we have, you know, remote teams. So then then that may mean that the leaders need to adopt new technology. You know, to mm. to ensure that they're keeping up the communication levels, and uh, I found oh, we're going on so many tangents <laughs> here. Um, but what's really interesting is is with all of the screen time, you know, that's been increased during the last two years. Mm. Um, you know, I'm I'm no stranger to screens, and and I do know that you know I've got to up my energy when I'm on screen. 
right? It's, you know, you call it, I call it the 110% rule, you know, like, and I've watched things back uh, and go, hang on a minute, mate, you were a bit dull there, so pick it up. I've, I've also do the same thing on screens, mm. yeah, because, oh, I'm sorry, on Zoom meetings and, mm. and the like, uh, because I know that, you know, if I'm just going at 100%, then that's not it's really going to translate. Yeah. 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 So, so leaders yeah. are getting worn out. They've got to adopt this technology and then they do it and they're absolutely buggered when they go home and then they're going, oh, I don't really like that. It's, it's, it's ruining me for the rest of the week. So my question to you is, is are you actually helping leaders adopt technology to help you know, communicate within their teams or is that something that they have to still do on their own? Well, good question. Yeah, it's definitely been the, the sort of um, focus for the last year or so. And, and I've noticed that obviously the uptake of things like Teams and Zoom and so on like hugely in, in these lockdown periods in particular. So, yeah, I think it's we've gone a huge way forward with um, just capability in that space. I don't personally um, do that kind of uh, capability development other than encouraging them to use the platforms and do our programs through this. So some of the pro- programs have been blended yep. in person where we could and then some virtually through Teams yep. um, and a few other um, yeah, useful enough. platforms that are out there. Yeah, it's probably a different department. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no, but that's okay because what I was going to say, what is relevant there around leadership development is, um, you know, because in our leadership programs that we run over six to 12 months, is there's a, 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 a definitely a piece around resilience building and wellness and I can come back to that point, resilience and well-being, which is such an important part through these times of change to build that capability. It's a muscle. Resilience is a muscle just like any other muscles. You can build it if you work on it and have particular techniques and processes you can use every time, you know, to, to, to help build that resilience. Mm-hmm. So we definitely incorporate that aspect. Um, and yes, our programs are hybrid, so they can be digital or they can be in person, you know, if that makes sense. Um, because yes, clients, definitely Teams has been a big one, I've noticed. Zoom too, but probably more Teams I've noticed. Has yeah, been, so it depends on the organisation. Yeah, depends on the organisation. Organization. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, either way, it doesn't matter. It, they're all quite quite good these days. Mm. They've been quite mm. honed through this, this last little recent mm. time mm. to become quite effective. Not the same, it's still not the same. And, you know, that's why those downtimes and physical in-person retreats and things are really helpful to break it up a bit because, yes, yep. leaders are getting tired of just looking at the screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's when when, when uh, we first had to go into lockdown in, t- in March 2020, um, to be honest, I felt like I was in my comfort zone. Right. I think uh, <laughs> you know, going through the GFC, you know, when you've been in business for a really long time, um, you know, you certainly – come to know lots of different i guess economic fluctuations you know challenges and whatnot and and one of those for us was the gfc you know we got hit really hard back then Mm -hmm. and i was just like oh this is just gfc 2.0 we know exactly what to do uh (laughs) needless to say it had its own you know flavor of twists and turns but but um you know that was I was re- I had the resilience from the GFC to to know right I know what I've got to do, uh, albeit you know and I was I was um, I was about to say albeit I had to increase my my physical exercise um, or focus on yeah, my physical right. self yep. uh, because I knew how taxing it was going to be mm. you know being at one hundred and ten percent on on cameras for for sustained periods of time so right. So, yeah, I increased my exercise during that time, which is exactly was the advice from all of the 
healthy people and and again <laughs> cultural people out there uh but uh, I just knew that really well. So I felt like oh, I was in my zone, yeah, you know. Um, yeah. and, uh, and, and, and somewhat lucky to be yes, there. Yes. Yeah, so, so when, when it came time to direct our clients uh, in their marketing, which is exactly what we do, um, we are effectively the marketing direction, you know, directors for our clients, mm. then it was, it was just like, ah, oh, this is what we do, no problems. And have the methodology yeah, to the back way, it up, right? You can yes. actually role model it because you've you've been there. Whereas yeah. a lot of clients, not everybody has, you know, had that experience. No, that's you right. Know, particularly in their own business and all the extra things that come with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, awesome. uh, what are some of the biggest problems that you're facing with regards to implementing, you know, these cultural shifts? Uh, could you elaborate? Cultural shifts. Um, well, even even just. Culture organizations yeah implementing yeah. cultural yeah. programs yep okay well i think um the challenges the biggest challenges you know the biggest, biggest challenge is usually um you know making sure the leadership team is fully engaged and on board with um with what we're trying to do um strategically but also with that the program that that's built and with their skin in the game so i usually only draft things in order for the team to get involved in finalizing the, the program <laughs> so that they've got that you know input that skin in the game around what's going to be done because that is well, a stakeholder challenge. engagement is that sort of yeah, what you're talking internally. about internally yep internally yeah. Yeah. yes which in an organization would be the leadership team yep. the CEO yeah yeah so team. i imagine yeah. there'd yeah. be well i imagine once upon a time there would have been a lot of pushback towards all this cultural stuff yeah uh is that is that changed now are people um, like on board a little bit more just just the definition of culture is better understood and there's more examples and case studies of where it's gone wrong. So, yes, a little mm. bit, but it's still, I feel like on its own, I don't, you know, it doesn't have as much merit as when you link it to the strategy. So, I always yes. start actually with some, some strategy pieces. Um, how does that then play out in terms of the values? How are you gonna, So, strategy is where you're going. Mm-hmm. The values is how you're going to get there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, when you put those two together, I find it's a perfect um, sort of a combo to, to get clients on board because it's got to be the what and the how to mm-hmm. me you know always yeah mm. so that's i think that's been a so that that challenge i think yeah if you can get them involved is a, is a is a way to to sort of help that process um the rest it's a long-term game culture change and culture building is not a overnight exercise of a few months it's a year it's two years and so commitment to you know measuring i find mm. is really important so mm. doing a baseline measurement of culture when you start to have a tangible picture of what it looks like and also then designing the ideal culture that they are looking for, picture, mm. and then looking, okay, this is the gap and mm. these are the strategies to help close the gap over a longer period of time because it's not, it's not going to happen in even one year if it's a significant shift. Mm. It's, a, it's a sustained effort. So commitment to a sustained change, which means commitment to the resources and the and the involvement. You know, it doesn't have to be huge on resources because you know we enable a lot of that. But but to be involved in a program that runs over, you know, six to twelve months at least, <laughs> it gives you more return on investment for sure. Um, and that sometimes isn't. People think it's a quick fix, and it it sure ain't. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I um, totally agree. And yeah. and you know, we've had cultural shifts here um, that have had to occur, and. Uh, and yeah, they take a long time. 
You know, there's to embed, right? To, to initially, you feel like, okay, we've done it, but then you've got to actually oh. stick it down. You got to reinforce it, reinforce it, reinforce. It. Yeah. The reinforcing <laughs> process, and then and then just you know acknowledging you know areas where you know you can improve and go. Mm. Okay, now we need to focus on that, but don't let the other stuff That's you know it. fall by the wayside. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's just a yeah. constant. Um, it's a constant battle, uh, and but it, it's one that I know has a huge payoff because well i know that with regards to marketing for example uh it pays off very well it is important for organizations to tell the entire organization of what they're up to you know so where we were talking about stakeholder engagement uh we want engagement from the entire organization and, and we want them to have a voice if they see something that doesn't really resonate or they see a totally. way that, that they think, you know, things could be improved in line with that cultural shift. So, um, yeah, so, so our marketing will basically going in. Values is where we start, absolutely. But values, purpose, and then the strategy on top of that. And, and then we start to go, right, okay, how is this going to play out, you know, in the marketing sense, visually, website, mm. you know, social media, yeah. so on and so forth. You know, where are we going to show evidence of this, this shift occurring? And then recording mm. that. And yes, we distribute it externally. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. more importantly, all mm. of the internal stakeholders end up following all of everything that's on, you know, the so- on social media and on the website that's being said about these, you know, new programs in place for this cultural shift. And, and they get to come along for the ride. Yeah. Come yeah. along for the ride. Well, they are on the ship. They're doing the rowing essentially. But, you know, it's important that they believe in, in doing the rowing, you know. If they don't believe in the yeah. destination, then they're just going to stop rowing. Exactly. And mm-hmm. it starts on that inside because, I mean, the internal culture or brand, I kind of use them synonymously because they're, to me, the same thing. You're yes. building an internal brand through those mm. values, which, you know, if you get that bit right, it exudes itself externally anyway. It's so much easier to market that and actually align right. your brand values externally with what's happening inside yeah. naturally. Yeah. Um, you know, I always come back to this example of um, Harley Davidson, you know, and their brand values are so strong that even if you ask the, the, the sweeper of the floor, at, at the workshop, he'll he'll tell you exactly not not what it you know it, what it means to be you know working and and living the, the the culture of and the values of of that particular brand. So you know, and and it, you know, so that person goes outside and meets someone externally, a client, anyone externally, they'll know that it's it's consistent, it's aligned. The bra- mm. the values, the behaviours are aligned. You know, it's not two separate things. Um, so yeah, it. Um, They've got to believe it in internally first yes. for it to naturally flow out and yeah. then, you know, make that so much easier for the marketing to happen. It seems to be a, a, a very popular in the Western cult- cultures, Western countries, that culture is, is, you know, really risen to the surface as a very important thing to focus on. Uh, I don't. I don't engage with a lot of Asian cultures, but I spent a fair bit of time in Asia, read, read a lot about you know, what goes on in Asia, specifically Japan. But mm-hmm. uh, I think that the book Ikigai, have you uh, ever indulged oh, in that at all? Just Basically, so people are just happy doing, you know, and grateful to be doing what they're doing. And they, you know, focus, you know, all their energy on doing it and have pure and utter joy and, and gratitude towards doing whatever it is they're assigned to do. 
being you know, in the moment, kind of present with it. Yeah. Present, right? Mm. And, you know, you, you can see it in sushi, you know, uh, for example, that's a great example because, you know, they make works of art out of, you know, a piece of fish and rice, that's right? That's so true. <laughs> yeah. so, so in the Western cultures, it, it seems to be that it's, it's very important to focus on culture more, which I find really strange. I know in Japan, you know, it's a very uh, obedient sort of... Um, Can be, yeah, yeah. Yeah, toe mm-hmm. the line, mm-hmm. just do what you're told kind of... Compliance uh, sort of. Yeah, 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 a little. But whereas in America, it's, you know, f- freedom, you know, free your mind, do whatever you want, uh, just be passionate about it. Um, so have you, have you found this, like, that... Like, where is this hype? I call it hype, but where is, the, where is this trend sort of coming from? Are we getting it a lot from America? Are we following what America's doing in this, in this case? Because like, you, you refer to Harley Davidson. I mean, we refer to Patagonia a lot. In my, in my book, yep. I wrote a lot great about Patagonia. Brand. Oh, my God. What a great brand. Yep. Oh, Yvonne Chouinard, amazing mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like, is there anything coming out of the UK or is it mostly, are we mostly following what America's doing here? You know, I think our definitions of it, it depends on the maturity of the brand. Yeah, right. Yeah, I feel those, um, and also obviously who's leading <laughs> at yes. the top end, yeah, fair of course. Um, look, we um, are having. I've worked mainly in Europe. Um, only a little bit in in Asia, but and certainly there, like Daimler Chrysler Mitsubishi was one of my key clients there, and the Germans do a brand well, you know, when it comes to manufacturing they and do, that sort actually. of thing. Yep, we mm. um, and certainly there, that's where I actually worked very much hand in hand with marketing comms people in building. I did the internal brand building, and together with the marketing and comms people, we built a brand full stop, you know, in and out, <laughs> mm. and they were very proactive and very um, very. Um, forward-looking and thinking about brand and culture. Yes. If you think about it. Yeah, like I was that. just sort of wondering. Yeah. Sort of where is it stemming from? Who? Mm. Like, mm. is there a uh, country in the world that's sort of leading the leading the way here? And I, and I I see what you're saying about global brands. You know, the biggest global brands are mostly in America. Um, the culture you're talking about. Yeah. Specific, yes. Co- well. So so yep. the biggest brands is where we learn mm-hmm. that that how they've embedded culture so yeah. of course apple and yep. and pixar mm-hmm. and and then uh and google and yep. you know yep. and they're all yeah. american i did work in the the uk so yes i saw um cultural stuff happen there but that was quite a while ago so it wasn't wasn't a yeah. huge uh, buzzword then mm. yeah i mean i um I, I do use a tool a specific tool that i um for measuring culture and it's actually out of the new zealand of all places. Amazing. And it's been put together 25 years ago by a bunch of psychologists. And it's a very reliable um, tool that's used in MBA programs and in big corporates all over the world now to this day. But it actually comes from New Zealand. And, you know, it, it is actually a really useful... Um, um, is that the circumplex? Yes, the circumplex. Yep. Correct. Yes, the circumplex. And it talks about culture um, in, uh, in terms of style. So there's 12 different styles, cultural styles, one an organisation can express. And there's some very strong correlations between certain styles and performance, organisational performance, um, uh, health, <laughs> safety, um, effectiveness, um, and a bunch of other, you know, it's the data that correlate with a particular style or styles that, that 
bring you all the things that, that most organizations are after. Performance, you know, in terms of achieving and hitting and, and smashing their goals. Uh, but doing it in a mindful way that develops people along the way doesn't, doesn't do it aggressively because uh, there's often a bit of a misunderstanding mis, um, between an aggressive culture being a high-performance culture and it's actually not necessarily at all that. No, <laughs> aggressive is not a good value to uh, uphold. Mm. Um, I actually did come across yeah. a client that had ag- aggressive as one of their values yeah. and, and, and I explained to them that uh, that probably wasn't yeah. a good idea. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, so... Uh, yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, so, so it's come out of yeah. New Zealand. That's yeah. really cool. So circumplex psych mm-hmm. and 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 that's uh, is that specifically for leadership or is it? Well, it's at three levels. That's why I love it so much right. because you can do it at the individual leader level because we said like we said earlier, mm. a leader sets the tone for mm-hmm. the culture of the mm-hmm. organization. So you can do it at that level. You can do it at a group level, like a business unit or one one team and organization-wide. So when you're talking about input from staff about what they like, don't like, through these surveys, they actually get to have their say. And we get to see that in the circumplex results to say, okay, well, this is where we are currently and we're trying to get to here. How are we, getting, how are we tracking towards there? Fantastic. And that feedback is you know, um, through the entire organization. So, yeah, so it's actually really helpful. Yeah, well, f- feedback's super important. We call it market research. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. um, uh-huh. you know, it's, too many people go out and create a product or, or a business or a service for, for a market mm. that they've just made up in their head mm. um, and with little to no True. research, right? Well, so <laughs> feedback's, feedback's super important. Same, same, but um, different, yeah. Yeah, so, yep. all right, so internal market, I guess. Yeah. Um, that's really great. So uh, one of the, I guess, the areas that we – we, I was asking about before, like what are some of the barriers to creating, creating change or organisational change? Um, and, and something that had occurred to me was that um, w- budget cuts seem to hit the hardest in, in I, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, they seem to hit hardest in, in um, obviously people and performance, yeah, and, and marketing. So often, t- oftentimes, yeah. stereo- like traditionally, yeah. people would mm. go, right, cut the marketing budget um, and cut all training. Do you find the same? Yep. When, t- when the going gets tough, those organisations that aren't really um, committed to these things, that, yep. that's the first thing that does get cut. You're right, it's <laughs> both. <laughs> um, and, you know, it doesn't need to be that way because, um, yes, I understand the pressures on things. However, um, you know, there's some very smart things available now the government is providing a lot of funding grants all sorts of things that really have been helpful throughout this whole period already um, and and create basically a training budget for the for the organization to to use uh, for developing and growing their people internally externally possibly too i'm not sure but um certainly for for capability building um there's plenty of resources out there that one can tap into even if you know the budget does get shaved a little mm. <laughs> or cut mm. um you know that there are ways around these things um and that's quite quite fortunate that we've got that that sort of time in in in, in space right now where that's available that's great um yeah so i think that's that's helpful purpose obviously that's a huge thing of mine um and i think it's been around for decades as well eons probably uh has that does that come up for you? Like, do people go, oh, "We don't understand our purpose," and is that 
Is that uh, work mm. hand in hand with that word culture as well in, in your? So interesting. Yeah, it, it, it does because a lot of the work we do around mm, strategic alignment uh, is around something I call a team charter. And, you know, and that includes a vision and a purpose that we co-create. And without that purpose, we're finding that the engagement and the connection that people build around purpose, as you know, is so important that if you don't have it and if you don't work on that, you know, that you have implications as in people being disengaged and then potentially leaving as well, of course, um, because it is it is super important and it's part of, part of the work we do do. Not so much the... Um, yeah, part of culture work, but definitely part of strategic alignment uh, as well, um, mm. aligning the team to the strategy, which includes purpose. And, um, and how far do you take it? Because you're, like you said, you're working organisationally, you're working with leadership and you're working with individual teams yeah. often. So do, does that purpose have to say, hey, here's the overarching purpose, here's the individual team's purpose, here's your purpose? Yeah. How far does it yeah. go? Yeah, it can vary, you know. It, it's uh, Different organisations play this out differently. We definitely do one at the organisational level, of course, as part of the strategy and da-da-da. And then we kind of like, we, we cascade that down. And in a team workshop, we might take those words and either go, yep, that we'll just run with that if they feel connected enough to it. But sometimes they go, oh, I don't even know what that means. So using, unpacking it, and we might distill it and just make it a little bit more crispy for that team. Still in line, but sometimes it is slightly, yeah, it's distilled to make me make it more meaningful for that, you know, yeah. that audience. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it varies. Some some literally just take and go, yep, that sounds great. We'll just use it here. Um, others just need that little bit of extra granularity or, or interpretation that connects. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. No, I I think that's fantastic because uh, a lot of people, um, you know. Need need a purpose to get out of bed, right? Um, other than mm. uh, other than I guess uh, what's mm-hmm. put in front of them, maybe you know, like mm. their family <laughs> and whatnot. You know that. Yeah. And uh, and uh, look, that's I explained that in my book. I actually went through a midlife crisis um, without the fast cars and fast women, and <laughs> and, um, and and a divorce, and uh, and so oh look look at me laughing about it now. Um, you know, it was actually a struggle, right? And you know, finding that purpose, my own purpose, was mm. was was really important. And uh, I guess that that is the reason why that book exists. Um, so, so you know, helping individuals with their own purpose is is a huge passion of mine. And right. And and then obviously, you know, I've just wondered, like, with those huge organisations, how far does that go? Like, mm. you know, and how granular does it get for those teams? Mm. And you sort of said, yeah, okay, it can be distilled down and um, um and and made crispy like that. Um, for certain teams, and, and and that is important. So, uh, sorry, I had to reframe that just for myself. Uh, but um, no. thank you. That's awesome. Thanks, yeah. Chris. Yeah. No, but mm, yeah, at the individual level, it's it's you know, at the end of the day, that's what matters. You know, it. Um, mm. And sometimes, you know, you can do that through coaching. Which yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so that's all that mm. people performance sort of thing for you. Um, do you also then sometimes engage, you know, individual team yes. members for, for one-on-one coaching? One-on-one? Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I work at those three levels. Yeah, definitely one-on-one type of coaching or programs. And then that team, building team alignment, team performance, team uh, engagement. And then the culture at a broader level usually and organisational change at a broader level. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's kind of three layers. Cool. 
So, you know, our methodology is called proactive. It's called the proactive podcast. Uh, where do you think that you are most proactive in your life and how does that actually benefit you? Oh, good question. <laughs> I knew you could ask me that. I should have known you'd ask me that. Um, yeah, look, I, and I guess it comes back to why I started this business called Mindful Energy purposefully it had multiple meanings to me but also hopefully out there too um because i think sometimes when we're working in corporates in particular you get a bit lost in the whole big machine and things get a little bit skew if in terms of you know your own your own purpose um and so i i, I health and wellness as you know is one of my key values in life mm. i feel like it's a foundation to be able to perform at your best mm. came from my sport sporting background um but also mentally physically emotionally in all of those ways so i think you know i'm really proactive in that space and i think it flows out to how i do my business too because mindful energy people performance and change do actually um, incorporate and integrate a lot of um, wellness um, uh, components into each one of these things that I do. You know, not as a separate standalone thing, but mm. rather as part of the change, culture, team alignment. Anything that I'm doing has actually got a flavour of a well-being and health in it. Um, um, yeah, that, so that's for deliberate. You, yeah. In order for you to show up as your best self, you need to be proactive, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And, and and so yoga is one of your practices as well, isn't yep, it? Yeah, it sure is. Yeah, so I've been teaching yoga for about 20 years now. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, isn't it horrible when you start saying that? that, that <laughs> sounds that, like a really long time. put a tour in front of everything. <laughs> but a long time. In any case, and, um, and I've always, people always ask me, oh, do you want to get out of corporate and just do yoga? Uh, or the other way around and that sort of thing. But I've always like, no, that I need that deliberately. In my, I've put that deliberately in my life so I can integrate myself and be you know balanced in how i live my life and do my corporate work that i do it mindfully um and with purpose and with intention um and you know and with health and wellness intact not burnt out and stressed out yeah like a lot of executives can Absolutely. be so that's yeah and sorry you said integrated there has has yoga been integrated in, into any of the work um, you've done with your clients i have yeah, yeah right. I have for some programs, retreats and things. Not necessarily me running it, but yep. I'm having... Cause no, I'm that's running, what I was wondering. Yeah. You're running it. Yeah, right? not necessarily... Occasionally, but not, not usually because I'm running the day, the facilitation of the day. It's hard to sort of wear... I was just wondering how the workshops yeah. sort of play yeah. out. Okay, everybody come in <laughs> oh, and we're going to be... But Yes, but you know what? But in the workshops, in terms of what I do do, is definitely a little mindfulness exercise before we start. We might do some stretches, not the entire yoga practice, obviously, <laughs> but yeah. Some downward dogs yeah. in, in your no, suit. Well, not quite, but a few little stretches <laughs> that really challenge the suit, yeah. <laughs> but but are doable, you know, and they work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wear your comfy pants when you do a workshop with Kasha. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you might be standing on your head, no. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh. Kasha... What's going on for you right now? Is there anything exciting happening for you that maybe is different from what we discussed? Right. Um, I'm really super excited right now because of a, I found this funding that's available to okay. all these businesses and I just, I'm excited to offer a, a bunch of things that they may or may not have previously been able to access, you know, at this moment in time. So I'm really, you know, mindful that not 
all businesses are some are struggling some are doing well so great if you are doing well but some aren't so it's good to have that option to provide clients with um and yeah doing more leadership development culture work is is always exciting to me i'm 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 always enthused at the start of the year as i set my goals and i'm super pumped to uh continue to work with some clients that i do have already and also some new ones that i'm chatting to and will be chatting to so yeah yeah, it's, a, it's a sounding like an interesting year ahead. <laughs> yeah, great, great. Uh, so, Mindful Energy, is that just .com.au? Yep. Great. Uh, is there any other socials that people can follow you personally or, or the um, brand? Just on LinkedIn, I guess, for the corporate side. But yeah, in the wellness side, the same business, but it's Mindful Energy Yoga Health and Wellness is on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. You're doing a lot of stretches. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and on the side of pools and buildings. Yeah, all sorts and of things. Yeah, so if you're scared of heights, maybe just be careful with that one. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much, Kasha. Uh, so that's, um, sorry, for the, for the audience, how do we spell that? Kasha spelled K-A-S-I-A. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Condas, yeah. K-O-N-D-A-S. And, of course, mindfulenergy.com.au and... Uh, Check out her socials. Uh, I'm sure you'll be entertained and maybe even educated. Uh, thanks so much for watching, guys. Thanks so much for coming, Kasha. Uh, we love having guests like you on board, full of energy, uh, and uh, and basically helping us to, you know, think about how we can be more proactive, just like you guys. Uh, keep watching. It's all over Apple. The podcast is on Apple. It's on YouTube and it's on Spotify. And we host it on our website as well, memedia.com.au. Thanks, guys, and see you soon.